what I'm genuinely believing right now is that there's believers planted everywhere, all over the place, people of faith who are looking right now and saying, okay, what's changing? Where are we moving? How do I need to pivot my company? Where are the opportunities? And they may not be able to step into them right now, but they're positioning for it. They're getting nimble. They're getting quick. They're pruning what needs to be pruned. This is Supernatural Business in Times of Crisis, the podcast. I'm Andrew Montesi, and I created this show to help empower and equip you to take on the impossible in business. This isn't your average business podcast. In the midst of a global crisis, I interview powerful leaders who will take you deeper, revealing how to operate in business from your position of power in God's kingdom, in faith instead of fear, helping you advance in adversity. There's Supernatural Breakthrough available for your business and your life today. G'day, Andrew here, and in this episode, I have the privilege of sitting down with Andy Mason. God has given Andy an important and influential role to play in business right now. As the Director of Heaven in Business, Andy is leading and equipping a global movement of people who are partnering with God at work and building cities. For more than 15 years, Andy has been helping people and organizations discover and align with purpose, and then develop practical steps to make their dreams a reality. He's worked for a national consulting firm and a leading financial institution, while also investing in international community development. Andy is the author of Dream Culture, Bringing Dreams to Life, God With You at Work, and the recently released Finding Hope in Crazy Times. What a time to be releasing a book like that. It's an absolute must-read right now. Originally from New Zealand, Andy and his wife Janine are based in Redding, California, with their four children. I sit down with Andy when he'd just come out of two weeks of isolation from his family. We talk about being in Europe as the coronavirus pandemic unfolded, how to process and respond in times of crisis, the importance of risk, how to draw on your own stories and history with God, finding opportunity, what the future looks like for believers in business, and so much more. You can find out more and connect with Andy at heaveninbusiness.com or andyandjanine.com. But for now, enjoy the interview with Andy Mason. All right, Andy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Andrew. Now, mate, I want you to start by, by telling us what has been happening in your world. I've been following your Instagram. Uh, it seems like it's been a wild ride. Yeah, yeah, it's, it, was, it's, it has been interesting. I mean, we've been watching what's going on in China. Uh, I've got advisory clients uh, around the country. And, you know, I, about a month ago, it seems like a, a lifetime ago, I was talking to a client and, and he, his manufacturing supply was drying up and he was talking about I'm not going to have any any supply in their supply chain for the next he was talking till the end of July wow. and you know do we need to do something not do something and it was kind of like okay here's what he's going to do what he can and can't do that was then and then you know a couple of weeks later I head on a plane to Germany I'm supposed to go to Ukraine to do it having a business event uh, and we're thinking, do we go? Do we not go? What's going on? And things were just starting to happen in Seattle, I think, at that time. And I get to Germany and Ukraine and shut down their meetings. And then we've got everything's shutting down fast. And then while I'm there, we hear that uh, the U.S. is closing their borders. It was like, can we get back in time? It was it was literally going from here to Europe. The plane was 80% empty. Wow. Coming back, it was supposed to be 80% empty, but then between those two days, 
everything changed. So the plane was actually, it ends up being 90% full. And I land back here. I'm reading what the CDC, the Center of Disease Control, is saying. And, but then I, I land at the airport. There's zero, there's zero management, zero safety, zero social distancing, which is what's normal now. And I'm like, what, is this real? Is it not real? Is this, is, what, what's going on here? And then we decide, you know, what are we going to do? I've got a daughter in the uh, food industry. Uh, I've got a daughter with immune you know, health challenges. This is not my problem. This is, I don't have a problem. I'm, I'm well. What am I going to do? So do I need to isolate myself? I've been, the biggest problem was probably through the airport. So making the decision to isolate and then, you know, two days later, everything in the U.S. just changes. What? So my team is now working from home. We've got Zoom calls and then I've got, so here in Reading, it's everything is kind of ground to a halt, but it's surreal. Like we were talking, because of the low population density, I think there's you know, six people that uh, have tested positive. And yet at the same time, I'm talking to friends in New York who are in tears, who are just distraught with what's going on. So this, and then there's others that are, you know, running with the conspiracy theories. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you've got your head in the sand. This is real. Just talk to any medical professional. You'll find out what's going on. So, yeah, it's it's a really interesting, topsy-turvy world right now. It really is. I mean, and as you were going through the process in, in Europe and, um, you know, weighing up what to do, how are you, how are you processing that with God? Because things were moving so fast like, yep. How are you actually working through that? Super good question. And the context for me is, we're, I mean, we are teaching people how to partner with God and do the impossible, to believe for the impossible, to advance in risk, to hear godly solutions to problems. So that's my message. So do I hunker down and just get scared and, and don't travel, or do I go anyway? So I, firstly, I'm processing this with my wife because this affects my wife and my family big time. And we realized the likelihood of being personally affected by the disease is very low because of my health and my age and well-being. But it's the ongoing effect. You know, the worst case scenario, would, would it, how would it affect my family if we were isolated for two days, two weeks? So we decide as, as long as they're not going to cancel the meetings in Europe, we're going to go. So I go and then we get to Germany and uh, the Ukraine meeting get canceled. So in Germany, I'm supposed to be there for two days we arrive on wednesday we're supposed to ukraine on friday and so i'm sitting there thinking you know two hours after arriving now i'm here now it gets cancelled what's going on and the sense was the business person that we were staying with was going through a critical point in his business so just right from the bat i just knew we were supposed to be here but for what and initially, it was, okay, this, this business person for the next two days. We had one meeting in Germany. And uh, I just, I was there with my team. And we could have still snuck over the border into Ukraine, done something with maybe 20, 20 people, small meeting. I've got friends in the Netherlands saying, come here, come here. I'm thinking, oh, that'd be fun. You know, it's like adventure, like crazy. Like, where can I sneak across Europe and yeah. see what God will do? Uh, or, you know, are we here to serve the pastor in, in this church? And as as we prayed with the team, so I had two students with me, 
uh, just like there's something in Germany for us. And then I spoke to my wife. And as I spoke to my wife further, it's just like it became clearer. It's like, oh, we're not to go to any of these other places. We're here for Germany. And if Germany doesn't open up anymore, I'm going straight home because that's the best thing for my family. So we spoke to the pastor where we were, and even then it became apparent with all the uncertainty, the best thing is not to hear from some visitor. You need to hear from the dad, the mum. So, okay, so we just had this one meeting, and then we prayed with the business guy that we're staying with. And the turnaround with him is phenomenal. I mean, there's just good news. Just even the delays, it's a startup business. They were supposed to get funding. It's unbelievable why they hadn't got funding for the last 12 months. And there's one awards, it's an electric scooter. It's like the BMW of electric scooters. And, and why is there no funding? Why is there no funding? Now, it's like, thank God there was no funding. Because yeah. it would have been hammered in, in with the situation. So that was number one. Number two, because of the automotive industry, his businesses, some of his, uh, the people that he sells to haven't paid. Huge automotive companies. So he's been squeezed and they've put receivers in over the company. So while we are there praying with him, God's got a way through this, his timing, the whole process. One of us just, so tell us the name of the person that's the receiver. We just really to pray for him. We just feel like God's saying, your business is in good hands. He's going to work for you, not against you. And what's his name? And, he, and we translate the name of the guy from German to English and his surname means shepherd and his first name translate god is good wow we're like unbelievable the good shepherd the good shepherd is in control so even that turned into so while while we were in the middle of this we were seeing funding turn around and we were seeing god is good shepherd is in charge so just like this prophetic the good shepherd is in charge trust me it's going to work out okay even though it looks like the worst possible. So we do that and we jump on a plane. Oh, we book our flights straight away, and which looked like it was an empty plane. Get up the next morning to the announcement from the president that we're changing, everything's changing in the States. And, you know, within two hours, the flight, the tickets are doubled, the, the plane is full. So it was like, oh, God, you made us look so good. But at the time, we weren't quite sure what to do. So that was how we made the decision at the time. Yeah. You know, in hindsight, we made the perfect decision. But at the time, we were just saying, God, direct us. What does this sound like? Talk to my wife. And it was, it's turned out pretty amazing. I love that. The pro- good shepherd in control. The good shepherd. I love that process and, and those stories. But I mean, you're at the, I mean, you gave one great example there, but you're at the coalface with, you know, businesses, entrepreneurs every day. I mean, it's what, what you do. Um, guys all yeah. over the world what are you seeing and hearing from them at the moment how how are they responding yeah it's it's it is it is surreal that words again there is such there's such a dichotomy from the uh the employee in the restaurant industry that's lost his job just overnight he's he's gone so there's that level then there's the business owner who owns the restaurant or owns that type of company and he's being required to shut down so that's like he's thinking what do i do how do i how do i pay what's going on then the other end the painting contractor 
who's painting, his job is to paint um, football stadiums and hospitals. Well, he's employing people. And social distancing isn't a problem because when you're painting a football stadium, there's plenty of spaces. So he's yep. expanding and uh, manufacturing industry are expanding. The, the All of the people, the opportunists that are jumping on and being brand new middle manager business people for medical masks, and some of them you're thinking, oh my gosh, this is crazy. And so there's, there's all of those, and then there's the business people in New York who are trying to navigate their own company, and they've got friends who are in hospital intubated on respirators. And then there's, it's just like, it's just kind of crazy, depends what conversation I have is, how can we advance? How can we employ people? We're expanding. This is amazing. Look at the opportunity through to they just like frazzled or don't know what to do. And they, you know, they're trying to find food. So it, it's really, it's a strange, strange position to be in. And then realizing I've got to make sure I navigate myself well in the middle of it. Oh, and I haven't told you about, then there's, then there's the ones that are, usually they don't have anybody directly they're connected with that are engaged with the problem but they're talking about conspiracies and uh i say it's complacency it's the it's the toxic mix of arrogance and ignorance and throwing a little bit of religion in there it's terrible and typically those people are actually not doing anything in regard to the problem they're actually standing on the sidelines and they're saying it's not even a game and i'm like oh my gosh people you're missing the biggest opportunity of your life yeah, absolutely. Uh, you're, you're spot on there and those conspiracy theories. Geez, there's quite a few getting around at the moment. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> but so how do you, as yep. someone who, you know, who's, who's relied on for advice and, um, you know, with what, what you guys do at Heaven in Business, how do you help people walk through this situation? As you said, like it's, it's the highs and the lows and, and desperation as well. How are you actually helping people walk through it? Yeah, I think the first thing is number one is you, yourself. And that's making sure that you are anchored. And the, the emotional, you, I'll, I'll find myself emotionally just jacked. Like, why am I exhausted? I haven't done anything. I've sat and looked at a screen and talked to people. And why am I so drained? So I've got to, I've got to manage me and my family and then my team. It's like that put oxygen on yourself first. Otherwise, you're no good to anybody. So good. Um, so that's the first thing, and I'm, and I'm finding actually Banning Lebsher of Jesus Culture just spoke to the Bethel staff this morning and just articulated it so well. Uh, just talked about the most important thing is not a scripture, because anybody can get a scripture. It's the voice of God. It's the scripture that he is speaking about right now. Lock onto that. And it, here's the cheat list. It's Psalm 91 and Psalm 46 and Psalm 29. It's all about the voice of God. So once I've got that and I've got anchored, then that produces peace. And once I've got peace for myself, peace for my soul, then I can stand on authority and start to declare and be positioned for solutions and ideas and so on. So that little process I do for myself, uh, I am anchoring myself in the word of God before I look at anything, before I look at any emails, before I look at the media, Actually, I'm not even looking at the media. I get an email sent to me, which is kind of like already uh, de, uh, it's already had a bath 
by the time it gets to me in terms of otherwise I'm just I don't I cannot afford to get lit up with fear and panic. Exactly. I, I need the facts. I need to be aware of what's going on, but not be moved either way. And so that's what I do for me. And then my team making sure how you're doing. So we're spending more time just touching base with them because we are reaching out to so many others. And, and then from there, I think there's obviously it depends whether that's a business that's in triage or it's a business that's looking to grow. The conversation is going to be very different. Uh, some of them it's, it's all about how can I connect resources to you because this is the biggest opportunity of your life and challenging them to what are you going to do with this? Are you, uh, you know, refining your business? Are you, are you looking for opportunities? Are you taking the time to do inventory of your business and strategic and looking through and starting to look ahead and saying, we're going to do things differently. What will we do differently? But if I need to come back a step and recognize, uh, for example, I had a call on Friday. Uh, I got a mastermind group together, uh, business people who love Jesus, and we phoned up a friend of mine who leads a company, let's just say, in the retail industry where they own property and the with all commercial tenants, so retail space. So right now, there's the retail space have zero people coming through, and those companies are not paying him. They're saying, we, we're not going to pay you rent for the month. That's his business mm. times 50. Wow. And he's also in New York. So multiply that out. And there's other multiplying hard factors. So we think we're going to jump on a call and be a mastermind strategy solution for him where we can hear godly ideas, give him godly challenging questions and process, like, let's help you find a way through this. We get on the call and just say, how are you doing? And he's all over the place. Like, there's no clear thought. It's jumping here, jumping there, this challenge, this challenge, this challenge, this challenge. And so I realize coming in, even with a mastermind, even with the best mastermind group on the planet, he's not ready to receive that. It's like trying to give a person who's drowning, giving them swimming lessons. Yeah. You can't just, first thing you got to stabilize. So uh, I just said, okay, let's do an audible. Before we do that, let's just pray for him. So we pause and we just take the first, ended up being 30 minutes where we just prayed for him saying, God, what are you saying? And just brought peace. And it was phenomenal. His countenance changed. He slowed down. He got focused. He got clear. And then we said, what do you want to talk about? It was completely different. It was just the atmosphere was changed. So it was what was needed first is that comfort. That's the Psalm 46. Yeah. Uh, you know, this, that our God, he's an ever-present help in time of trouble is just to remember that and lock in on that. And then we said, so, okay, let's talk about what's going on. And then he starts to say, well, you know, the funny thing was in the last 12 months, uh, we partnered with this other firm, so we're actually cash rich. We've got lots of equity. And the other thing is we had all these developments that I just sensed that we're supposed to stop. So we're actually not very exposed in the market either, and we don't have high risk. <laughs> we started to laugh, thinking, unbelievable. Before this even happened, you pivoted the company and got it ready. You look like a crazy genius right now. And and now and then we talked through some minor challenges. 
of, you know, what could you do with social distancing and what if you could have robots collecting things off shelves and there's all of this, but it became a completely different conversation. So the point is, is finding out, you know, where are they at as, as a person, where are they at as a company? Is it growth? Is it not growth? Is it, they're literally, you know, they're restricted by what they do. So can they just look internally and reposition and look at opportunities so that when the green light goes again, they go, they know to go. You know, if they're bleeding, let's triage. Let's firstly connect them with God and bring hope and peace and only then start to brainstorm ideas and solutions and connections. Hopefully that answered your question. Absolutely, mate. That's awesome. Um, the other aspect that I'm interested in, I mean, those who know your story, you've taken big risks, you've stepped out, you've walked away from everything, um, you know, to go from New Zealand to you know, Reading in California. They talk about unprecedented times, which they are, but can you draw from your own story and your own history with God to be able to get through crisis? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, it's interesting. Who's been through something like this before? Nobody. Like we were even saying, even during talking to people that were around during one of the world wars, Back home in Australia, they still played footy and they still were playing outside. This has affected the world. So it's, it's, it's a big deal and it's bigger than anything anybody that anybody's experienced. So it's different in that regard. But there are some phenomenal stories of people that have gone through really difficult, tragic times that apply directly to now. And that's why, that's like we were talking about. It's the phenomenal ability or, circumstance or coincidence or direction of God that we've written this book that we've written that's coming out now. Mm. This the, What we've walked through being here in tragic health situations where we lost the son of a team member, uh, where we bought a house and then six weeks later we had the car fire that burned 220,000 acres all around it where we bought the, this house without the ability to buy it just based on the word of God. You know, all these things you're thinking, are you this is either God or you're the stupidest person on the planet. All of those little stories then apply to now. And so I, what I've been able to do is pull out pieces of my story and and then apply that. And you know one of those is literally so today's the first of April. One of those was 12 months ago to the day I was flying to Australia because I had to attend a memorial service because of the loss of one of my best friend's son in a tragic car accident. At the same time, we were in the situation of needing hundreds of thousands of dollars to settle in a house. We didn't have it. We stood to lose our $80,000 non-refundable deposit we, and all of the energy and emotion and time put into the house, which had then since the surrounding area had been burned by fire. My team's supposed to advance. Just, I'm like, God, have I heard you wrong? Have I, everything that's happening around me right now, and this pertains to the same as what we're walking through right now, yep. it just seems the opposite of what I'm hearing you say. I heard you say multiplication and advance and take risk, and I'm about to fall on my face. Actually, more than face, my body's about to fall apart, mm. and the people around me are dying. Am I, have I, have, have I done something wrong? Have I screwed up? Have I, I'm trying to lead people into the impossible and 
Am I setting them up to fail? Am, am, am I going to be ashamed? Like, do I need to just curl up and go to New Zealand? You know, that's the safest place in the world. And uh, I get to Australia and I'm sitting there thinking, God, everything I've heard you say, or I thought I heard you say, says to do what we're doing, and yet this, none of this makes sense. If I made a mess, I need to hear your voice. And I'm sitting there quietly here, and I just this thought pops in my head, what day did you leave Redding, California? And I'm like, I've learned that that was the voice of God on March the 31st. And the next thought, what day did you arrive in Australia? And so, well, April the 2nd, because, and I have, like I exp- explained myself to God that, well, there's a change in date zone as you try like flying from in America to Australia. We actually lost a day. Next question, what day did you lose? And I realized we lost the 1st of April. And then I hear him say, yes, Andy, there are no April Fools with you. I will not leave you here to leave you alone. I will complete what I started. I will fulfill my word. And I just begin to weep. Now, there's no solution in the moment, but it's that you won't be ashamed. You won't be embarrassed. Time and time again through the Bible are these stories which are impossible. The Israelites have got a sea, an ocean in front of them. Call that an ocean of disease, an ocean of bankruptcy, an ocean of you know, soldiers, whatever it is. And there's no way forward, no way back. It's like, I can't, what do I do? And God says, go forward. That's impossible. And then the sea opens up. Well, this is our, this is, this is who our God is. So this is the time. If, if, if this generation alive today, and that, that could look different to anybody that could, for a medical person, that could look like disease dissolves and it could look like comfort to someone dying. It, 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 it can look like anything. It could like new solutions. Uh, new ideas for a respirator. It could look like a business that just explodes this time that releases resources. It could look like anything. But the point is, the stories from the past don't look the same as today, but the ingredients are there. So good, mate. So good. Amazing. So on that, I mean, it's a, it's a perfect transition to my next question, which is, well, well how do you believe that we're actually called to function? as business leaders in this time? Yeah. So uh, so I believe that, so as a person of faith, our faith is not something that we just show up and it's not event-based faith. It's a lifestyle of faith. Our faith is only demonstrated when there's the risk, as in the risk of loss, uh, the risk of death. So for me as a person of faith, I read that we are not of those who draw back to destruction, but those who believe to the saving of the soul. Uh, I read that we overcome, which means we've got to have something to overcome by the blood of the Lamb, what Jesus did is full and final, by the word of our testimony, which is the stories that we are repeating and the stories that we're feeding ourselves on. As in, remember the story about the Red Sea? Remember the story about how Andy, you got through this fire and actually got provision for the house, remember what happened. And then the third one is, and they did not love their lives to death, which is you can't scare me with death, with bankruptcy, with loss of a house. You can't scare me with that because my faith, my identity is anchored in something deeper. So I sincerely believe that the believers, the people of faith, and especially the business people, 
this is our opportunity to shine. And that could look like walking through a difficult, difficult financial decision and you keep your peace. That, that would be the bottom level. Uh, it could look like losing a family member and yet being anchored. It could look like praying for your employees who've got the virus and they get remarkably healed and restored and delivered. But I think what I'm aiming for and believing for is that uh, there is a positioning going on right now where believers are not burying their head in sand because of complacency or conspiracy theories or fear, but they're doing what they need to connect with their family, connect with God, and then they're lifting their heads up and they're saying, because hope causes you to see something different, it causes you to see a better future, and then faith comes in, which means you take a risk and you do something. So that all comes into timing, and it comes into wisdom. The greatest thing is we need wisdom and courage. And so what I'm genuinely believing right now is that there's believers planted everywhere, all over the place, people of faith who are looking right now and saying, okay, what's changing? Where are we moving? How do I need to pivot my company? Where are the opportunities? And they may not be able to step into them right now, but they're positioning for it. They're getting nimble. They're getting quick. They're pruning what needs to be pruned and they're lining up what needs to line, line up. And in some cases, that means closing down businesses and get ready for the next thing. And others, it, it just could be it, like we just need to pour gas into the tank and just go for it because now we've got an opportunity to do something that's one in a lifetime. So there may be some listeners out there you know, hearing what you're saying and going, look, this is great. I understand what you're saying, but but I'm in fear at the moment. Like how do I actually transition out of this state and into this state of faith that you're talking about? Yeah. So I'd say number one is what are you feeding yourself with? So, you know, if you want to, it's like a, if I'm a muddy, a muddy well, you've got to say where's the mud coming from? And it's like, oh, it's because I've got this hose from the sewer that's pouring in. Well, first thing is get rid of the hose. So if that's, if for you that's watching CNN and Fox, first thing you do every morning, and you're just feeding yourself on a trail of panic and fear, then stop it. Now, there's other people that can read and watch those things and it doesn't affect them at all. So you can't compare yourself to someone else. This is what's affecting you. And then start feeding yourself with what God says and who God is. And don't focus on direction yet. Just anchor back into who God is. So I would say here's the quickest way there is Psalm 91. Is uh, Just start there. Go back and just anchor yourself and just read over that and then read it out loud. Um, that's That's where I would start people off. And getting recentered into a place of faith and repenting from fear. Because the Bible says it's like God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and of a sound mind, clarity and focus. Fear will steal all of that from you. And it's interesting, fear, there could be a person who's sheltering at home, I'm doing what's required of me, but they're doing it in fear. And there could be someone who's running outside and hugging everybody, and that's just called stupidity. It's not in faith either. So it, it, it's not necessarily what looks like on the outside. It's what's going on on the inside world. And I would say anchor yourself and feed yourself with Jesus 
and connect to a life force that is giving you pure living water. So jump onto you know, a church that's full of hope and faith. Uh, grab onto some worship music that's declaring that over your life. Uh, start feeding yourself with that, and pretty soon you'll start to change from fear to faith. That's really good. I mean, as a guy who is an equipper of business people, like what does this, what does all this mean for you now? And and how are you changing up what you're doing, whether that's through heaven in business or or whatever, if at all? Yeah, um, it's it's kind of funny because I I can jump from it's like oh man. I'm just tired of this. I just want to go for a run and just like, I'm done. And just, so I've got to learn to be more aware of that and realize, oh, I'm jacked up. I can have a short temper. Like, oh, I need to be aware of me for a starter. And then, you know, am I taking care of my family? My wife is wonderful. So, you know, her doing what she's doing, I'm at home. So I have boundaries around when am I at home and when am I at work? Because I'm at home at work and work at home. <laughs> like, it's, it's all messed up. <laughs> So that said, then I can, I'm a visionary and I can get excited about the opportunity side of what's going on right now. And it's like, oh, then it becomes the, oh my gosh, don't screw it up. Don't screw up the opportunity. It's a one in a lifetime time. I'm like, what can we do? And I've got this book and who do I need to get to? And it's like, oh, Andy, dial it down, man. You're just intense and I'm jacking up myself. So I've got people around me that help me in that regard. And then I've got to come, I've got to keep coming back to, and we do this with my team, is, is number one, who are we? You know, why do we exist? And this is different for different people. So we exist to help people see and experience how much God values their work, help them build excellent business and influence the city they serve. Great. So what are our key activities right now that will line up with that? Like, oh, okay, well, it's, for a start, it's reigniting people with hope. So then my key activities become emphasis on blasting out testimony, of blasting out, hey, we're going to meet once a week with a global community and we're going to pray. And then what else? What are the key activities? Well, we need to help people navigate this transition. So for us, there's a couple of events that are face-to-face events we can't have. So we're going to have to work out what we're going to do with that. But what we've done is... Um, how can we sow in famine? And Jacob sowed in famine, reaped a hundredfold. So we've got an online platform that's resourcing and equipping people in line with our mission, our calling, and our values. So we're saying, right, there's a trial. It used to be a 14-day trial, but as of this morning, we just made it a 30-day trial. So anybody can jump on anywhere in the world for the month of April and get a 30-day trial. So it's like, so those things we're saying, okay, how do we need to pivot? And then we've been talking since the start of the year about masterminds, you know, small groups of people who are aligned and how can we help navigate them so they're actually, num- number one, they're sourcing encouragement. Number two, they're actually sourcing ideas and strategies for them in this moment. And number three, so that they're positioned to accelerate and leverage the best possible momentum as they come through this both now and on the other side of it. So uh, it, it just become a no-brainer. We try, we've been procrastinating, procrastinating, procrastinating. We just launched that. So the first conversation with someone yesterday, you want to be a part of a small group. It's going to be six people, similar, into, similar capacity, and this is what we're going to do. Every two, and, it, 
he's like, I'm in, I'm in, let's do this. So what I'm, so if I come back a step, so what's that is, is you know, what are you called to? Uh, what's your why? What are the core activities aligned with your why that you need to emphasize right now? And what do you need to stop doing? And so just align those. And is there some things that you aren't doing that you could be doing? And then just do it. And just call it a beta, a beta version. You can't go wrong. But that's the entrepreneurial nature of what we get to do. So that's what we're doing. That's awesome. I mean, that's um, it's one of the exciting things that I'm seeing now is that acceleration. You know, I've got a number of clients who, you know, been procrastinating with projects for some of them two years. I've got this one client where they've been procrastinating over a rebrand, a new website, and talking about whether to go live or not to stream their events live. <laughs> two years they've been talking about it. It all came together oh, wow. in a week. Like, crap, this is happening. We just need to do it. Okay, good. It's a... Uh, it's been that's been the exciting bit for me, but um, the other thing I'm interested to talk to you about, mate, is um, is how you think things will transform from a city and community perspective. Uh, how does how do cities and communities transform beyond a crisis? What do things look like? So all, all I can do is reckon. So number one is I don't know. Um, I don't know what's going to happen in New York. Um, it, that's gonna, that's a huge conversation. But what I can say is what happened to our community as a result of the car fire. So that was two years ago. Uh, burned 220,000 acres, a thousand homes burned. And we, I mean ourselves, we were three months displaced before we could go back to our house. Uh, some people's homes lost everything. Uh, everyone was affected at least in some way. And obviously the city or parts of the city shut down for, it would have been a month pretty much. So what, what happened as a result of that? Um, there is something about a disaster or a difficulty or a crisis that pushes people together. And so there's a level of community and an interconnectedness that is 10 times what it was before the car fire. And I'm seeing that same thing happen again. Uh, so that's number one, is there's a level of community and a collaboration and a joint working together for the well-being of a city that just wasn't there before. Because what it, what the disaster does is it just recenters people with what's really important. And the person that's only interested in themselves, it becomes very, very apparent. Bef you know, during... The disaster, and it's like, yeah, and, you know, the businesses that that step up and say we have our business is untouched by this, and so I'm going to engage in whether that's resourcing or time. People remember that; they remember what you did at the middle of this time, the vulnerable point. That's somebody that I'm going to trust. You've got a customer for life, so that's what happens. The other thing it does is. It forces people to make decisions they've been procrastinating about. And it's, it is phenomenal. It could be anything. It could be someone that's moved here. And then three days later after moving here, we have the car fire that burns everything. Yeah. And they, they, it's like something in them said, yeah, I've got every reason to leave, but there's something about this is my community. It, it's like they build roots fast. And there's others that have been here for 10 years and they're dithering around and procrastinating, it finally just forces them, you know what, 
we're finally going to do what we should have done two years ago. And yeah. so I'm going to move out of this country or out of this city or I'm going to move away. So it forces those decisions. But if I can say anything, and this is what I would expect and hope, is a, there is nothing like a disaster or a difficulty that is shared to create the shared community. We're in this with you. Some of the things that we're fighting over beforehand just become irrelevant. And now let's move together. And how can we move that? And I can say that for our community and the city of Reading, the level of engagement in the entrepreneurial community over the last two years has been phenomenal. I only expect that to increase another level again. Yeah, it's so good. I mean, I think even just a month ago that the things that um, even politically that people are bickering about, um, all that stuff just doesn't matter anymore. And in a time of crisis, everyone just goes, yep, uh, let, we got to just come together, irrespective of those things, which, you know, there's so little now. Uh, the, yeah. other, the other thing I'm keen to talk to you about is is your book, uh, Hope in Crazy yeah. Times, like just unreal. I mean, I've I've read it. It's it's amazing. It was amazing to read before this, and now to yeah. to just see that this book coming out in the midst of what's happening in the world. Uh, not only you know an amazing insight into how you do life, but uh, it's a playbook for times like yeah. these. Could you have imagined that that this would be coming out? right now for this time for this season no i mean you, you could never orchestrate this like like it is finding hope in crazy times it, just in seeing that and seeing that the, that language is being used everywhere i've got it's crazy this is crazy this does because how do you describe it and then finding hope because this it doesn't matter who you are whether you've been, I'm forced to stay at home and I've got a perfectly viable business. It, this is crazy. And, and they need hope. It's, it's every angle of that. So we couldn't, we couldn't have picked it. We couldn't have worked it. We wouldn't have wanted to, to be honest. That was, was a little bit awkward when I started to realize, Oh my gosh, God, this is for a time such as this. So actually this is that, which is the story of the book is, I'm wrestling with, God, this is crazy. I mean, what are, what are we doing with this book right now? And I'm going to, I'm going to benefit personally. Like even if I gave it away, that I'm going to benefit because of the name and the reputation and the platform that'll give me. But this is the, this is this the thing that you're going to have us provide for my family and for my kids and all of those sorts of things. And then I was like, God, oh, that self promotion and wrestling with that. And then, and I'm wrestling, God, do I, what do I do? Do I just put it out there and just see what you do? Do I, or do I say, jump on every platform I can and say, hey, everybody, I've got something that is a solution that was going to help you right now. So I was wrestling over that. And then one morning, and in that particular morning, I was, I'm reading the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah and the food business that ends up building a city. He had no idea the possibility available to him. He just had to ask. So I'm like, okay. Okay, I'm hearing you. I'm hearing you. I've just got to ask. I'm going to ask with confidence and just go for it. And then I carry on that same morning and I'm reading the book of Esther. And just that whole phrase for a time such as this, you are positioned for this. You are perfectly positioned for this when you had no idea this would happen. You had no idea that there would be a, in her case, you know, people trying to kill her people. That's what's going on right now. Disease is trying to kill my people. Mm. You are positioned to do something. But if you don't, someone else will. Hmm. 
so it came this whoa step up i've got a i've got an opportunity of a lifetime to do something i could sit there quietly and say oh it's all god or i could say no he wants to do this with me this is my time to step out and it feels vulnerable saying hey i've got a book that's going to help you you know the risk is people say nah not interested oh or um, but i'm not responsible for what they do i'm responsible for what i do yeah and i mean the beautiful thing about it is he's done it for you he set this up for you you could not have done this in your own strength with the timing so you just all you can do is go with the flow really yeah let's go for it so can you tell us a little bit about how um kind of the, the the process of the book and how how readers should be consuming it because it's not just your st- it's not your typical book yeah yeah i mean uh, it's probably a devotional it is probably the best way to describe it it's um the last 10 years of our lives have been up and down leaving everything that i thought was normal i thought i trusted god leaving new zealand coming to the states not not sure why we're here following the voice of god wondering how i'm going to feed my family and then being a part of an environment that's continually changing, dealing with immigration, dealing with uh, kids that have got health, like health crisis with my daughter, dealing with a car fire, dealing with a loss up and down, starting having a business, going around the world, all of those ups and downs. If I did not have an anchor in the word of God, and by that I mean, daily voice of God as opposed to just reading my Bible. I've got to hear his voice in his word. If I didn't have that, I'd be I'd be a wreck. I would have I, there's no way I would have sustained what we're doing. And so I've journaled. And so journaling has just been such a part of that for me. And it hasn't been every single day, but it's been most days. And what I found is that some of those have become blogs and helped people. And some of those have become messages and really help people. Mostly it's helped me. And my wife and I were talking last year and talking just about our giftings. And here we jokingly say, Andy's the show pony. He gets up there and people trust him and blah, 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 blah. But she's the one with the real substance. And she's got the ability to strategically help me align and focus and move forward. And she can articulate things so well. So we just decided, what if we take the journal and... We turn it into, you know, take 30 entries from my journal for the last 10 years and turn it into short, because it's got to be short, because business people, like, can't take too long. So no more than five to 10 minutes where they can read a story. So the context, and then here's the scripture that anchors. So it's not just any scripture, it's the scripture that has life, the rhema word of God. And then there's the application of what it means. And then there's a prayer. And then there's questions to take you deeper and apply it to your own life. And then ultimately there's a, there's a what are you going to do differently today? So each of the 30 chapters, make the decision. What are they? One word changes everything. Prepare for increase now. Do I make a plan or simply trust God? Finding Christ in your storm. Nothing can contain you. The gift of correction. And... Um, the, the beauty of delay, rejection, your pathway to leadership. Each one is something that's it's like it's breaking off a piece of my life. And so I know that it will feed people. And absolutely. I mean, 
having read it now and it's still on my bedside table because um, for exactly what you say, it's a easy to consume but very practical piece and um, just getting that insight into how you walk in your life. Um, you know, it's those stories that really connect with people. So I would absolutely encourage um, every listener to, to get out there and check it out. But it's really good transition into the final phase of the interview, mate, which is I'm looking for weapons to equip listeners. Um, and I wanted to kick off. Can you tell us the one daily habit you'd recommend to get on the front foot each day? You've mentioned journaling. Yeah. Would that yeah. be it or is there something else? Right. Yeah, journaling and um, grab an ancient text. It's got to be more than 2,000 years old. <laughs> so you and I, I mean, that's the Bible, that's the Word of God, is anchor your day in the Word. And I would say beyond a doubt, the number one thing is uh, read that, hear God's voice before any other voice. Is first seek the counsel of the Lord. So that's the number one, number one to ten is that. And don't just read it, but actually that's where journaling to me. It when I read something, it's good, but without a doubt, every single time I take what I've written, if there's one scripture that stood out and I write that down, when I write it down, something else comes. It, it's it goes deeper every single time. And then I'm, I'm always tuning that into, so it's the word, it's the, I'm reading for the voice of God. Then I'm writing down what the voice of God highlighted. And then I'm saying, what does that mean to me? What does it say of itself? And then I'm saying, what's the one thing I'm going to do? It's my daily bread. It's not my tomorrow's bread. It's not yesterday. It's today. And it's not for you. It's for me. So what does this mean I will do differently today as a result of what I just read? So that's what sustains me. That's why that you know, I needed to hear that word from Nehemiah and Esther about go for it. And as a result of that, I've seen a book to the president and a book to, you know, these famous people. I'm like, oh, my God, this is, this is either this, this is crazy or this is God. We'll see. We'll see. So good. So, yeah, no. the word of God for the voice of God and journaling. Those two things is, is the no-brainer. Everything else, there's some great things I could suggest. But that would be the that would be the, the primary thing. Awesome. I mean, a verse of inspiration. Uh, you mentioned Psalm ninety one. Is is that where we should all be zeroing in right now? Yeah, I mean, I would say definitely right now. Psalm ninety one. Um, and no harm will come near my tent. And because I love him, I because you love me, I will answer you. I will set you high. I'll set angels to protect you. Just even that and the declaration around that. So Psalm, Psalm 91, there's so much in there that's just packed full of good stuff. And I'll just jump around the Psalms. In Psalms 3 and 4, especially there's a bunch of people right now struggling to sleep. And Psalm 3 and 4 both talk about um, you cause me to rest because your massive arms surround me. Different versions. I read the Passion Translation, New Living Translation, New King James. Love them all. Just feed them all. Just that, so I will lie down and sleep in peace because he sustains me and he protects me. So those, if you're struggling with sleep, read those two. Really good. But yeah, the Psalms, Psalms are so good. Really good. 
Is there a, a worship song uh, in particular that that's a go-to uh, that sets yeah. the right atmosphere or that just really centres you in in a in a challenging time? Yeah, there's there's a bunch of them too, and I, I'm a like even eating, I'm a grazer. Like I'll just graze, 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 graze all day. So there's some people like, nope, I've got to do this one every single time. I want different ones all the time. And uh, the uh, the song it's called Elevation. It's by Elevation Church, I think it is, Elevation Worship. Yeah. Um, Lord bless thee and keep. Is it Carrie Job or there's there's a link there we can find yeah, out and show people. We can chuck it in. The blessing. It's called the blessing. That is phenomenal. So that's a great one. Right now, that will just every time it just wrecks me. So just play it again and again and again. That one and the other one is. Um, uh, There's so many. Yeah, yeah. The one about the there's a lawyer. It's the story and behind it that actually blew me away. And when I knew the story, then I had to get it. Yeah. And um, it, it's the it's a lawyer. He's a lawyer in Chicago. He was actually a funder of D.L. Moody. And during the Chicago fires, he all his investments got destroyed. So he's like, he's supposed to be going on vacation to uh, Europe. So he decides to stay behind because he's going to work out what he's going to do with his business and all these investments that are burned. And so he sends his wife and his four kids ahead of him. And then the ship on which his wife and four kids gets hit and sinks. And he gets a telegram from his wife saying, survived alone, lost all four kids, boom, mm. just like that. So he ho he's lost everything from the fires, and now he's lost his kids, and he hops on the boat, and he's as he's sailing on the ship across the same place where he lost his four kids, he pens the song on legal paper from his legal business. Wow. It is well with my soul. Wow. So that that's just another one. Yep. Any rendition of that, when you understand the depth, you know, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever the cost, you've taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what about a book that you'd recommend to empower listeners? Great book to empower listeners. Obviously the Bible. Yeah. It's just, just pretty hard to get away from that. Yeah. Um, right now, with so much going on, I mean, I'm listening. I'm, I'm actually listening to a book by Ted Decker and Bill Bright. It's called Blessed Man. Anything where there's stories of the supernatural or overcoming great odds or difficulties or challenges, read that. And what I'm finding is that anything that was hard, that it was difficult, um, there's a couple of probably controversial books, depending on who you're listening to. Is One's called Living with a Seal. It's like this guy, he's a business guy. He's actually married to the lady who owns Spanx. Oh, yeah. And he's an entrepreneur, a very successful entrepreneur in his own right. And he's a marathon runner. And he wanted to mix it up because he'd hit 40. So he, he goes out and he approaches this retired Navy SEAL who runs 100 milers. And... And he says, I want to hire you as my personal trainer and mix me up. 
And the guy says, only if I get to live with you in New York. So you can imagine this big African-American ex-Navy SEAL lives with a swanky New York entrepreneur. It's, it's, it's pretty rough in terms of some of the language. But if you're not doing push-ups and running by the end of the first chapter, you're not reading the book. So those kinds of things are just uh, – some of those books are just great for now. People that have overcome incredible odds and you read their story and you think, you know what, it's going to be okay. So I would, I would, I would encourage people, anything like that, yep, uh, lone survivor, stories of – real stories of people that have overcome incredible challenges. Andy, to finish off, I wondered if you'd, uh, you know, impart a prayer to to listeners who could be facing anything right now, and um, and encourage them um, as we finish up this episode. Yeah, so th- well done, Andrew. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you that you are not a god who's distant, far off. You're not made of wood. You're not made of stone. But you came in flesh and dwelt among us that you know what it's like to have your flesh ripped apart, to be rejected by everyone around you, that you are a man of many sorrows, you know what it was like, and yet through it all, you say you will be with us. So, Father, thank you. Thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for modeling what it looks like to live impossible. So for everyone listening right now, I just release the comfort of God that ever-present help in times of trouble, that you are so near so that you'll be incredibly near to people right now. Just the comfort of God literally surrounds them, wraps them, your massive arms surrounding us, as it says in Psalm 91. And then, Father, that we'd be still, like it says in Psalm 46, to know you cease from anxiety, cease from partnering with fear, and just set our heart and affection on you. And then in the midst of that, as we pause and be still in your presence, that you'd begin to speak, that you'd speak words of hope and life, and that you'd speak words of strategy, uh, solutions to every challenge and difficulty, comfort as we sleep. And Father, that there would be marriages restored, relations built deeper. The things that come out of this, We'd say, I never want to experience that again, but what came out of it was truly wonderful and beautiful. So bless every person listening. Amen. Amen. So good, mate. Um, yeah, I mean, we've, we've got through an hour. We could easily keep talking. I think you've got this wonderful, calming, uh, manner, voice. Uh, and a way of approaching things in crazy times. So thanks so much for, for sharing your insights, your revelation. Uh, and, and yeah, that book, mate, everyone's got to get it because it's, it's the playbook for now. So, so thanks so much for joining me. Cool. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss an episode. And I'm keen to connect with you, hear how you're doing, and also send you some free resources. Make sure you sign up at supernaturalbusinesspodcast.com and you'll hear from me soon.